This is the point where I should be able to say I was right and you were wrong and you acknowledge me as somebody who was right. What's uh-huh. going to happen is you will argue with me because acknowledging that you are wrong and somebody else is right is not in your nature. Okay. So now, without further ado... gentlemen we welcome you once again in our recorded glory to your favorite uh weekly monthly on regularly scheduled uh wrestling podcast uh, my name is mike Halley. with me as always is the pro wrestling el guapo of pro wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy satoyo thank you guys so much uh it's been like what maybe nine ten days since we've had i had a birthday and you know, at this when you can birthday during a pandemic, uh, y'all also know what had it is. a birthday, which of course the third was not going to mention, but it's fine. Yes. Uh, well, we yeah, are, well, give me. <laughs> we're both Virgos. We're both Virgos. What do you want? We are. We are born <laughs> only three days apart. Two days. Yes. Two days apart. Two days. Two days. Forty-eight hours apart. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The so, world is not, it does not deserve this much greatness. It, it really does right not. Together. Every day we do. Yeah, but we both have birthdays on top of it. So we, I, I know, for I was out. He was out. It was, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I was like, but if, but if you're in the tri-state area, please do take solace. We're back at you once again. And Ben Simmons is one step closer to no longer being a 76er. It's a great day. Oh, is that true? Uh, he said, he time. said, he said he does not want to play here no more. And he is not coming to training camp. And to that, I say it is music to my ears. I will not miss that man. I uh, I was very close to getting his jersey, so I'm glad I did not. I got an yes. B jersey instead, and that proved to be a good a good uh, financial decision. Yeah, well, fi- was... financial and spiritual and otherwise. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, in every way. However, this is not a basketball podcast, Satoyo. This no. is a wrestling podcast. The so wrestling let's proceed. Podcast. We have a lot of ground to cover. Of course, the last time we were here, we have given you a preview of the SummerSlam weekend. That weekend has surpassed us. It was, dare I say, one of the best uh, weekends in a very long time to be a wrestling fan. A lot of great, awesome things happened. And then we've had a fallout from that as well, which we will discuss. Uh, let's start chronologically. Let's begin with Friday night, the yeah. return of yeah. the best in the world. CM Punk is back on wrestling television. Uh, so what do you think of his return? What do you think of his promo? What do you think of AEW's uh, Rampage? Uh, perfect. Uh, in, in a word, absolutely positively perfect as a professional wrestling fan, you know, what wrestling is wrestling can be done so well when you give the people what they want, when they did not even know they wanted it that way. And I think that was a prime example of it. I, uh, waited with bated breath. I was like, Hey man, I'll, as a wrestling fan after a while, especially after the past 20 some odd years, I'll believe it when I see it. And so I wasn't going to get my hopes up with nothing. You know, I understood that he had signed. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know in what way he'd sign. I don't know if he was going to be a commentator, whatever else. And also it's been seven years. So I was, I, I, you know, I just couldn't go back there no more, but 
the moment I heard that music and the mo- I listen, it's no longer the road warrior pop. It is the, it is the punk pop. That that is just a thing in terms of an audience. That is the longest sustained roar I have ever heard in an auditorium. It's louder than Triple H's when he returned in in 2001 in the garden, which up to that point, that's how I measured every single mega pop was by that metric and not in a dome, but just in, you know, like in a garden, in a, in a, in a, you know, in that space of that size, that can fit 20 some odd thousand. What does it sound like when you have something like that? And just the emotion of that moment I thought was incredible. I thought it was fitting. I was very appreciative that it was given all the time that it needed to get over it, it and again wrestling is so good because it's supposed to bring out those emotions so when you saw you know the gentleman the audience crying when you saw punk's eyes consistently welled up this was a moment that mattered to pro wrestling fans across the world um and uh in terms of his promo i again it's punk punk doesn't have to do a, it was excellent for the record but punk doesn't have to do a whole lot also, Punk is very smart. I uh, I can always appreciate someone who's good at and very proficient in the in, in being able to uh, be a precise orator, which is what CM Punk is. So he didn't need to have anything written out for him. He's comfortable enough in his ability that he can he's going to go wherever he needs to go and it's going to be just fine. As someone who has that same skill set, I appreciate seeing it tremendously. Uh, so I thought the p- promo was great. Um, you know, people. There's only two people that can control an audience like that in modern pro wrestling. One is John Cena. One is CM Punk. So um, I thought that was absolutely positively excellent. I greatly appreciate the moment. I love the fact that <laughs> Tony Khan's daddy got to be sitting over here like, boy, this better work because I got to I got to buy the rights to culture. Per- I got to pay for that one. Too, but you know when you when you billionaires you can throw money at things and uh, apparently that's fine. But no, I, I thought it was in fact a truly truly tremendous moment that really did set off the entire weekend. And um, I'm gonna take my shots. They did over a million on a on a Friday night at ten, and we haven't gone back inside yet. So that was very impressive. That is a form of needle moving. Uh, they then you know once he was out there. They opened up and all of a sudden the CM Punk shirts were on sale, not just in in the arena in Chicago, but all online. And they sold out within 24 hours. Fast has ever been done on uh, Shop AEW. Fast has ever been done on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, again, needle moving, um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's a big it's a big, big coup for them. And uh, we'll see what Punk has left. Yeah, we sure will. We will indeed. Uh, again, I don't have too much to add. Um, do think it was an excellent promo. Um, the only, you know, I, I, I just don't have anything positive to say, so it's going to come off. I'm, I'm being negative. I just want to kind of point out a few things and get your reaction much because I also thought the promo was perfect. I just don't have anything else to add. You know, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, do you think AW did a good job of capitalizing on it? Because quite frankly, I don't remember anything memorable helping else, uh, happening on that, uh, particular rampage episode. Yes, I do. And and here and I actually do, because honestly, I keep it be with you. I don't remember too much either, but that's the beauty of it, um, because you're supposed to have those things where you should remember something of an. And to keep in mind, Rampage is a very easy show. It's one hour. 
Mm-hmm. It's actually so it's actually perfect in that it's just one hour. It is not trying to take too much out of you. So it's like, hey, man, either you remember the front end or the back end. If we can keep you for the hour, that's great. But guess what? We've got more time to showcase our talent. So they had me. So that first 30, I was already there. So I remember enjoying the rest of the show. Now, when you ask me now what was on the rest of that card, you being disrespectful, expecting me to remember all this, right? It's like, but but in that moment, and here and here's why I want to, and I, I I I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that anticipation, uh, I I think this is another example of anticipation trumping uh, the shocking return because the shocking return sometimes does not pay dividends as we've seen so far historically especially within uh the the e shocking unannounced returns and whatever and i think that within tnt they did the executives did a pretty good job of hey man don't 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 shoot yourself in the foot that way like we don't want that nah man like give them an inclination that they don't know when you can anticipate something the audience is all the more there for it They don't got it. You know, they don't got it. Oh, it's tonight. The night. No, they have an inkling. They have an inkling that, oh, it's going to happen. And it doesn't diminish the pop. If anything, it, 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 it intensifies the pop because it is it is a gratification. It's a blow off of steam and energy. So much like when Triple H was in the garden in 2001 after he had gone for, you know, over half a year due to his torn tricep. There was the anticipation that that was the return of the game Triple H. And we thought we were seeing the same Triple H. So we didn't, he didn't need to just like on a random show or on a pay-per-view at the Royal Rumble. It's all about to get, no, no, it wouldn't have been as impactful, right? If you want to pop the internet now, you can do that. And so you can't really do that anymore, right? I think the last time that they have maybe done that with some real sustenance, was maybe I'm sure there's other examples, but John Cena at the Royal Rumble when he came back after we thought his neck was totally done. Oh yeah, no, that no, no. There's, there's been at least two returns. Sorry, I got to correct. No, no, that. There's uh, been no, at no. least one of them. Sorry, let me let me interject. There's been um, a uh, one, of course, was Edge recent return, which I think was kind of a combination of the two because there were some rumors, but it was very far from confirmed. And again, obviously one of the biggest pop in the modern era. And the other one, you're gonna hate me for this, but I think honestly, when you said the loudest sustained pop, and I think that's the key word. Man, I'm going to get hate for this because of his run was pretty disappointing once he came back. But the Shane McMahon pop that he got in Detroit on that Raw was, in, like, it it was one of the biggest things I've ever seen at, at that time. That, I remember and, this. And, and that, it was and that's five minutes of just, like, deafening noise. Obviously, again, people don't mention this much anymore because his run afterwards has been pretty disappointing. But at that time, it was huge and it was completely out of nowhere. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. I would just simply say there have just been better ones, right? Mm-hmm. So, so again, I think like you can have those moments where it can be a surprise, but what's the payoff sort of going forward? Um, and I've seen too many examples of the payoff not being that particularly great to where it's like, all right, cool. Uh, so I do think that when you give people, you know, you don't have to sort of need, you don't have to neg your fans. You know, you can sort of be like, hey, look, this is a thing that we got. And we know, you know. And here's when you can roundabout expect it, you know, but uh, I do, I do understand that. But also it's like, we also saw surprise uh, returns that weekend. And I don't think that they were as impactful. And I don't think they will be as impactful as the CM Punk return, not because of who they are, because of their presentation and, Mm. and then going forward. 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. Let me ask you another question because, again, it was on the topic of CM Punk for now. Before we get into you are setting me up for really good transitions to talk about other reports, but I, I really want to kind of stay on the, on, the, on the topic of CM Punk. Uh, some there has been some criticism. I actually don't agree with it myself, but want to get your opinion on um, the the fact that CM Punk has re- like the, his first match is being promoted more so just as a hey, it's 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 a match of respect. I respect this guy. That's what I came back for. I like him. I'm a baby face. He's a baby fat baby face. It's um, just a face versus face match without quote much of a story outside of uh, CM Punk's return match. Like, do, do you think it just needs a little bit more to maybe get the fans invested? Do you think it's going to be? Is it putting also is it putting Darby Allen in a weird spot because he's a baby face and yet uh, who as a uh, and maybe the future face of the company? Yeah, he's going up against somebody who's in Chicago, especially will have a lot more fans behind him. Yes. Uh, to that, I say absolutely not. <laughs> I think I think you don't need to put too much more on the story because it's not a bookend. It's not that it's not an end point. It is, in fact, the starting point. Right. Like that's even how they build that 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 rampage episode. It's like what was it like the beginning dance, like something like the beginning dance, the first, like the first dance. dance. You're right. It's not a book. It's not the end <laughs> of the chapter. It is, in fact, the beginning of the chapter. Um, so I do not agree with that at all. I also would I would also say to the people that are like, well, it's going to be in Chicago. Go back and watch that whole thing. Darby was getting Darby cheers in Chicago when Punk was referencing him. Nobody was booing Darby and all this booing. No, 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 no. No, listen, Punk is good enough that his natural instincts as a performer are good enough that you can have babyface versus babyface, which oftentimes have created some of my favorite matches when both of the babyfaces don't have shitty egos to where it's like you can do something incredible. And since it's the beginning of the story, you don't know what they plan on doing that night. So don't put too much in the story because then you're almost blowing it off for next weekend when it, it just started. Let the match be the match. Let the story that we have so far be the story. And then we go from there. Because, again, AEW does such a good job with this. Darby still has got his handful, fans full with, uh, with uh, Danny Garcia, who is Daniel Garcia, rather, who's very good, um, you know, and, and is obviously a person that they're using and they're looking into. So there's still a lot of stuff going on in that regard. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some type of physicality uh, tomorrow and, and this Friday uh, as it relates to Punk and them, but it's not necessary. The match itself is sort of what we're there for, and you can th- that's going to tell the story, and then you go from there. We are recording on Tuesday, August 31st, mm-hmm. just clarity as far as what tomorrow is. Um, don't you have, yeah, so with, uh, with that out of the way, what do you think of the rest of AEW's programming, I guess, in between the, the two Rampages and the, the Dynamite that we got? Aside from uh, the return of CM Punk and his build to, uh, I think it, the, to the, the tag team wrestling again, I think in terms of the story they've been telling, it's been very, very good. I would have preferred to see Jurassic Express in that particular position because I do believe that they should be the ones to end the run of the Young Bucks. Um, but I'm, oh, I'm not going to sit there and be mad that it's the Lucha Bros. Um, I just know that it's going to be a much different match. Uh, but, you know, it's the Lucha Bros time to have that shot. I do believe that the continued advancement of Kenny Omega as as just this annoying, snarky, obnoxious, talented heel is tremendous. And I do think that I think that they've been building him in such a way 
that it's like you have to get him away from what he was his best bout machine. He has the heaters around him that are going to help with this. Christian is also there to help with this. So I think that they've built that appropriately as best they can without having those two lock horns too much because they already locked horns at the first uh, rampage. So you have to sort of well, that's, separate that's them again. yourself in the corner. And I, I, I that's the where I think I, I do agree with you. I have been enjoying the the tag team eliminator a lot. I think mm-hmm. it, it by definition puts over young bucks and they're telling, hey, we beat everybody. Let's see what else we can do. Uh, I think the matches have been tremendous as well. I thought it was the by far the highlight of the last rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros. Great match. Uh, from you know, I'm not. I'm I'm very split on Lucha Bros. To be honest with you, on you know, with all the flippy stuff, I thought that match delivered um, and was excellent. As far as the yeah, the Kenny Omega Christian uh, Cage program, I I'm sorry, man. Right now, I'm sure they'll deliver another great match to follow up the great match they had earlier. As far as I don't, I don't. They made this feud about whether or not um, uh, Don Callis is a carny piece of shit, and I do not care. I know do I. I don't need. Uh, to know an answer to this question. Uh, the promos, for me, have not been entertaining. It's been, quite frankly, filler. Um, and you're right, they, they, they can't get physical because they already did. So, but that's, like I said, that's why we, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe there was not the best booking to kind of have two of the same matches, you know, that long apart, unless you're going to interject something into the story and make it more interesting, right? As as some like WWE sometimes does, right? The Someone will have a match in one pay-per-view, then something else will change and they'll have a rematch with different stipulations or different story being told. Um, here, we're not really getting another story or at least the one that we are getting, I'm just not into at all. That's fine. AEW simply has to book differently for the amount of programming that they have, number one. Number two, they have the opportunity. Once Christian beat Kenny, the story then changed immediately. Uh, so for those of you who remember how the story was going, they had the match. Kenny lost. The story changed appropriately as it should have because Kenny doesn't look like the superior person at the time, nor should he. He just lost to the man that he has to fight again to hold on to another title that he has. And it brings out another element of uh, of Kenny. Sure, but, 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 but I do believe that. I think that's I, my point. We haven't seen that that other Kenny come out yet. We haven't seen the the. Where were they expecting the desperation or, 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 you know, him self doubting himself, anything like that, that really has not come across. And to that, I, and to that, I would say, uh, look harder. It has, he's just being an obnoxious prick about it. And he's actually shielding like Don Callis has now stepped up in daddy role to do that. But that's the thing. Like you say, you don't care about the answer to that question that are postulating right now, which is under, which is fine. That's understandable. It's just the thing shifted and it changed. It's almost like Kenny is behind Don right now, which it's like, oh, that looks weird. It's like, yeah, because Kenny's not the man right now. He's lost to the dude. He's feeling mad insecure. Also, this is just for me. I know no one, people may not care, but I do remember they were cutting that promo and Christian said something. He's like, oh, it's like, that's, you know, it, never mind the fact that you are sitting here uh, procuring the talents of a 10 year old boy. And Kenny just steps up immediately, grabs him, like, you think you know me? Huh? You think you yeah, know me? I, punk? I, I like that too. I, I like that, that too. That, 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 that had me. But, but for, from, from that end, uh, I think that's cool. I think uh, I would have liked to see more time with Miro and Eddie Kingston, but I think we'll get to that this week. Uh, but again, Miro sort of calls his shots but they do always find a way in very short order to sort of bring those things around. So I do also think that they're, do- I mean, again, I take more AEW content in because dark and dark elevation are pretty easy to get through uh, with take Conti and, and then like they're building them along pretty nicely as well. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. The, I've been enjoying everything Miro has been doing for the past few uh, few months now, and uh, I think Eddie Kingston. I'm not a as you know, I'm not the biggest mark uh, for Eddie Kingston, but I did, I did enjoy him. You know, coming out making the save for uh, for Ego Del Sol, and I think, um, yeah, I'm actually, and, and the fact that they're building to this feud, and Eddie Kingston has yet to speak and to cut a promo. That's actually been mm-hmm. really impressive. I think that's mm-hmm. been a good build. Uh, enjoying the the Moxley build for his match at AW as well. Uh, AW all out and um, but yeah again I, I, for me I think it's just been kind of a step back for uh, AW as opposed to like their usual quality of programming outside of and I think it's partially because they put a lot of resources into and efforts yep. into the, you know presenting CM Punk yep. uh, not crazy about the Malachi Black squash uh, or, or him backing down from Lee Johnson either um, definitely thought that could have been done way better um, yeah anything else do you have to add sorry I, a heel should always step away when they don't want to engage. I was totally okay with Malachi Black and that whole thing. Only part I didn't like is I just thought the match went a little too long with Brock Anderson. That's about that's about it. But in terms of everything else, Malachi is a heel. That is heel-like behavior. Uh, I won't be mad at that because why do I, I? Why should I kill that boy now when I can kill him later? And for the purposes of that, it's like yeah, like put me in your last, put me in your last spot on your top program. You got uh, all the if it happened in WWE, he would have no, laughed at he would, no. been, he, would been, he would have slapped his knee and said, hey, you're not. I'm not wasting my time with you. And then walked out. Whereas no, not, I, 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 I don't believe that. I don't believe that had that been WWE, that would have been the case based on what I've seen from their booking history. Not at all. But I do believe that since AEW Rampage has to tell longer form stories, which is the sort of the, the how they present themselves in. He's now attacking the Nightmare family, and we'll see where that sort of takes it. Sure, sure. Again, but you made it seem like he was afraid of Lee Johnson. And I'm no, just, no, no, no. I said I, no I, I did not no say that. Malachi Black I said, has no reason to be that. I did, I did not say that. I said a heel should always disengage. No, I understand, I understand what you said. I'm saying the way it came across. Okay. It came across as if, you know, that's why I wasn't a fan of it. Um, and, of course, the squash went a little too long. I agree with you on that point. With that said, now let's move on. Sorry, issuing all the great transition uh, opportunities we that were given to me earlier. Uh, I, I gave just, you, I gave formally, you gems. There were, there were a lot. There were, there were a lot of good ones, and I do appreciate them. You mentioned the uh, Edge earlier. Of course, we mentioned all the returns. With that said, let's talk about SummerSlam. Uh, with that being said, Satoria, what did you actually think of SummerSlam? I thought exactly what I thought um, in the lead up to the pay per view. Mm-hmm. What we talked about in the program, it was exactly what I thought it would be from start to finish. It so was, you did it, not enjoy it? Uh, no, no, no. I said I wasn't excited, but I said mm-hmm. I think it'll be good and I think it'll be solid. That's about it. In terms of the main event, I told you exactly what I thought it was going to be. I said the moment he kicks out of one of those or the moment that he kicks out of an avalanche, I've seen that match. Not particularly in- interested in that. So I wasn't, and to me, in a lot of respects, it did look like the same match. That's not a bad thing now that you're presenting it appropriately, right? But I, I, since I thought it was already, different match with the same high spots. But so so since I've already seen the match, I just wasn't particularly into it. Although I understand based on their model, it was well worked. I'll say that. Um, and, and, and I thought that the first half was different. I think I, I actually enjoyed the story being told of, you know, hey, I'm going to try and steal one. I'm going to try and steal oh, one. Sure. And eventually he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm tired of, I'm trying to get my ass kicked. I'm, I'm going to just, you know, take the fight to him. Um, and he did it, he almost worked, but of course, Roman being, you know, the, the dominant champ that he is right now, he ended up, ended up uh, prevailing over. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the, the I, two I, half I, of the matches. I, and, I thought, I, I, and, and to say, to be honest, uh, to say that they're the same matches, I, I think is to completely ignore the first half of this match. 
and I what, that I'm was saying, really different. what I'm saying is it's the same match because it's to serve the same purpose. That's so. So to me, that's why I'm like, it's the same match. No one can actually tell me different. It's meant to serve the same purpose that they had to do three years ago that they're doing again. Now you're just running it back to make sure that you get to the same outcome. Right. But now, since you're presenting it appropriately or, or better, and now there's a bit more of a payoff that you can use going forward because in so no mercy, because it, so it, it did the same thing to make it better. So in no mercy, it didn't really pan out here. It's going to pan out better because of the presentation when realistically you could have either presented it better at the time or you could have waited to do it now. But they blew their load because that's what they do. And now we get it now again. And I'm supposed to somehow feel differently about it. Now, it's, I would say it's like, isn't it like getting a sequel, but then the first, the second one is better than the first one? That's like saying, hey, what was the point of Terminator 1 when Terminator 2 came out? It's like the first one was good, but the second one was even better. Okay. I mean, I, I could give you that in theory and in context. What I'm saying is I've seen it. I, you already ran it back. I don't think it's that much different because it's to get me to the same place and the same outcome, which means have we been at a holding period for X amount of years? Yes, we have been to now get to this point. And you're going to bring back Brock to do the same thing, which is fine. I know the match will be cool. I don't. But now this one is different. The Brock versus Roman match, I just don't believe. <laughs> like, you just won't get me to believe it because you're not going to convince me that Roman can beat that man. I've seen too mm. much. I right? like, I've, I've I, seen I think Brock's Lesnar's, two of Brock Lesnar's best matches ever were Brock versus AJ Styles and Brock versus Daniel Bryan. So if, no, if you no, believe in those, I can believe no, in I can uh, believe what in I, what, Yeah, but what I'm saying is you're not, but even those, I didn't believe them. I just thought this is a great match. But I, and no point, but guess what? In both those matches, guess what you brought up? Brock Lesnar won. <laughs> this one, Brock Lesnar has to lose to further help Roman, which he has already done. So it's like, okay, cool. You're running, you're running these I things. I think back. Brock Lesnar has beaten Roman. I don't think has Roman. Yeah, I think SummerSlam. SummerSlam, a few yeah, years. Yeah, one SummerSlam. Yeah. So he's like one and three against them. So, so I wouldn't even so, go that far. So, I, I mean, I, I would, because even when they did it that time, it was to get the belt off of him to start Roman's last run before he fell ill again, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like we're, we're running that thing back. We can run it back if you want to run it back. I'm not saying people should be excited about the fact they've run it back. I'm saying I've seen this. I know where we're trying to go with this. You're just telling me we've been in a holding pattern for years. That's fine, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, that's amazing. However, I do think the Brock and Roman match will be better than this, uh, than the Cena Reigns match. I think that yeah, I agree with you. Too. I mean, I, but because again, engaged Brock is just, I mean, it, although again, he might be a little rusty, he's a little bit older, but I do think engaged Brock is something that's, you know, fascinating. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's so, again, we'll see how old he is now, you know, but um, at, even as far as his last run, we're still, for my money, the most talented man inside the ring in yeah. all, all of wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I mean all of wrestling, like all the greats and all the generational talents that we mentioned on the show. Brock is number one as far as when he's engaged and where he goes. Um, and, and I think we can tell an interesting story with um, Paul Heyman, oh, of course. Yeah, that's know, an extra. And, and, and the story. And I thought again, SmackDown best show in wrestling for a reason. Uh, I thought I think they're telling they already started telling that really interesting story. I loved again. I love the little things, you know. The little mind fucking with Paul Heyman, where, you know, where he stands outside the door, he's told to stay outside. Then Roman looks at him, and says, "Hey, I love you, man. Your family loved it. Love all of it. Can't wait to see where it goes and how it differs, and just how much of a piece of shit Roman is. How much he loves manipulating those around him. It is so far has been fantastic. Furthermore, we're I'm excited that hey, you know, Roman Reigns gets to wrestle again. 
We're, we're going to see him wrestle on uh, on Friday night against Finn Balor, which should that's, be an awesome match as well. Terrible decision. Terrible decision. Awful decision. Absolutely terrible decision. Uh, a waste. A, an absolute waste on your card. If you're intent on running these things back, as I know you must, to give that away on basic cable is an absolute waste. But especially oh, when... Wait, 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 wait. That, that's hold bullshit. on, hold on. I got hold on, hold on, Mike, hold on. No, 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 because AEW done, Mike. All they do is give away free no, matches hold on. free. No, oh, that's stop, all stop. they do. They, all they do is give away free pay matches on free TV, Mike. and we praise them for it. Mike, I'm, Mike. Give me something to look forward to, and I'm happy about it. Go ahead. Mike, you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. Again, allow this education and this truth to see through the pores of your skin so that you may become healthy. The issue with this is, is they have round the clock opportunities to bolster this match and put it on a pay-per-view of note. AEW doesn't have as many pay-per-views. They don't have, so they have to tell their stories in fact differently. They have to have blow off matches on cable TV. Okay, that winter is coming. Omega versus Moxley the first or the first time that was an actual sanctioned match. They had to have that on TV because it was too far away from the next pay-per-view and since you can't they don't they, they can build towards those pay-per-views, but they've got to tell stories in between. WWE oversaturates. So with all them goddamn pay-per-views, you want to give that away on a SmackDown when you could extend that for a month or even two months because you have the content to give it and you have the content to do it, number one. And number two, Finn Balor's a big enough star that he should be in the main event of a pay-per-view going up against Roman to make that look like a much more serious situation as opposed to on a SmackDown. So the presentation of how these two products have to do their their television and their match pacing is totally different. WWE has enough programming to do that, yet they choose to give it away on a SmackDown when it's like, dude, you do have a worthless Survivor Series coming up where once again, unfortunately, Roman Reigns is going to have to beat your WWE champion for no fucking reason. You could actually do something different with that as opposed to giving it away on free TV, which, hey, you want to run it back, you can run it back. I'll, I'll, and I'll give them this. When Finn debuted on the roster, Roman had popped dirty on a drug test, and then Finn got to beat him on a Monday Night Raw. So I guess what they're saying is the best these two can actually give us currently is just on cable television. And that's fine. But based on how Finn has been treated, based on how he had been pushed for over a year prior to that, if you're going to move him up to the main roster, use him better. So all I can hope for with that match is that is a continuation and leads to something else. But if there's some sort of clean finish where Roman wins on Friday, then you're just telling me that there's no need for me to ever see those two work ever again. Cool. Let me start with the ball, which is you are out of your fucking mind. Totally correct. Totally correct. They debuted Finn Balor. He comes in, destroys. So far, he's destroyed Sami Zayn in, in like well, ten minutes or so. Destroyed Baron Corbin in under five minutes. Has mixed it up in the main event right away. I think that's exactly the sort of thing we wish that, and how everybody wants WWE to book their NXT stars. I think he, that you instantly are telling all the fans this guy is a main event player, even if he loses cleanly to the most dominant champion, which we'll see. I, I personally, I think there will be some hijinks. Because there haven't been any while. We've established that Roman doesn't need to cheat to win. He just chooses to. Uh, I think no, you no, know no. if you if he wins now with some hijinks, I I am I'm a hundred percent fine with it. And again, most importantly, we need to stop worrying about the like, the pay per view is going to get here and we'll get what we get. I think we'll get something awesome because I have no reason to doubt, especially SmackDown side, because we've been again amazing um, main event pay per view uh, highlights 
for the entirety of Roman's uh, Roman uh, Roman's run as a champion now. So I have no reason to doubt that we're getting something awesome for Extreme Rules as well. But for now, the, I, I got a reason to look forward to SmackDown on, on Friday. I, and and, I, and I, that's I, WWE's point. And, and I think you got, but you guys got to check yourselves with this. Oh, AEW does that and you guys love it. That's not, that's not what anyone is saying. Like, I just broke down to you in a very concrete way why AEW has to do the things that they have to do. Because they're not putting out, they're not doing 14 pay-per-views a year. They're just not. As a result, they got to tell different stories. WWE did this. WWE put themselves in that mm -hmm. type of position. So, again, I don't want to see no hijinks where Finn Balor loses on TV against Roman yet. Even if that's what I get, I'm like, okay, cool. I just ain't going to watch that next thing. Like, it just doesn't make me want to watch that next thing. And I understand that in saying that, someone could be like, well, you sound like you're a person that it wouldn't have taken a lot for you to disengage with the product anyway. You goddamn right. I've been watching them too long because because I've been watching them long enough. And historically, they have more of a history of janky, fucked up behavior. So you are rightfully going to be more critical of something like that. You can praise them when they do something good, but you are well within your right to be critical or be like, that doesn't move me because of X, Y and Z. And when you bring up salient points, those points are going to be hard to fight against because those points are historically based. And again, and, and, and as all things history, it depends on how you view it, right? Everybody knows, you know, uh, history repeats itself and et cetera, but it depends on where you're looking into it. You know, if you look at all of the history of WWE, you're probably right. I, again, I've skipped a lot of, I mean, you've talked about this before. I've skipped a lot of the worst parts of WWE because I did not watch from 03 to 32, uh, 012 about, yeah, which so is when it was historically bad, see. I would say. And then, uh, and then and then you get to pop in talking about some give him a chance. No, and that's, fair. And, that's give fair. A chance. and that's fair. But for the last year, SmackDown and, and, and everything Roman Reigns has been awesome. I have no reason no, to SmackDown and everything Roman Reigns has been good. Awesome is <laughs> it's been very good. It's it's his best run. It, it is his best run. What's but it's like in the but past it's like, year? What has been better? But what everyone better? is sitting here like, what oh my god, better? this is the uh, most no, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, because you're sitting there saying that if it is the best thing, then that inherently means it's awesome. What I would say to that is what has been better than Roman Reigns' run on mm -hmm. top? I would say most everything else outside of WWE in wrestling. That's that, that, no, no, that's, that's not insane. That's, that's, that's that, hate. No, hold that's on, hold so on. No, it's not. No, it's not. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, because again, you here's Japan Booker has wait. been better? Wait a minute, wait a minute. See, audience members. Last year, New Japan Booker has been better. Guys, you see what happens right now? When 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 he Mike did. gets like this, he starts to just talk over because he yeah. he want he want to run from this truth. You see this, but he gonna get it. I'm gonna be patient with him. What I'm sitting here saying is that during this ascension of Roman Reigns, we have already seen a product and whole a whole ass wrestling promotion that has started up before his return, of course, and existed and found ways to thrive and create dynamic, engaging storylines during a fucking pandemic and coming out of a pandemic. That has excited me much more than the Roman Reigns run, because that was something that fully interested me as a professional wrestling fan who's had the best singles run on top in the past year as like a champion top guy, well, of course it's going to be Roman. He's gone over on everyone and he's on the biggest platform. This is not to discount his talent, but, but this is just to say the things that are factual and true. Okay. But I'm sitting here saying, are there things that have made me more excited than the Roman reigns run of the calendar year? Of course, of course, of course. Sure, like, you could put, you could put the title. The you could have put the I've popped for harder. In, in all sorts of promotions during that year. 
but as far as the best storyline being told, I don't think there's been anything better than the Bloodline. And for the past year, I don't think on a week-to-week basis there's been a better show on SmackDown. That's all. Yeah, so you're discounting. You even said a couple weeks ago that TNA was the best uh, of the of the past half year. Of course, I said TNA was the best promotion. Okay, so you got to because because if the if WWE didn't have Raw for for the first six months, then I would have said WWE was probably the best promotion. Hmm. Or or at the very very least, I would have thought about it very hard before I said it. Raw has disqualified it from the running in the best promotion category. So here's the thing that we have to remember. And it's very important to remember this because I have to remember that when you talk about Roman, we must talk about him in glowing affectionate terms. And anytime to be critical of anything revolving his five year ascension to the top is to be seen as haterism. What I want, hold on, hold on. What I want to also bring up is the fact that we got an excellent match, my favorite match of SummerSlam in Seth versus Edge. Oh, me too. That is the match me too. that I actually like enjoyed and engaged in, I thought, especially because I hadn't really seen these two ever really touch before, that it was something they didn't, they weren't running back. They were running back a story. And they did that very, very effectively. Edge was out here cutting some promos with the most basic of thought process and material, knocking it out of the park. As a result, it, 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 it demanded that Seth, level up in his promo ability and he did in fact do that to be on the to be near the same level as as an edge while what uh, near while being an, an antithetical like an, the antithesis of edge and they put on an excellent match easily the best match on that card Ten thousand percent agree i could not agree more i thought that was by far the best match on the card i even said it before this was the match i was looking forward most to and and they both delivered i loved everything about it i loved from the entrances to to the match itself to the finish uh again to the story they told and i one thing i did not want to see and i was afraid of uh, i thought we're going to get a near fall with a stomp which didn't make sense with the story but you know sometimes they like spam finishes nope it did not happen we did not get it and yeah i thought this was as good of a match as uh as both of these uh men have uh you know can put together right now especially in this point in uh, edge's career and i thought i thought it was his best match since his comeback uh no no probably second best outside of his wrestlemania match um but his best one-on-one match since his return um and yeah i think you know again there are two of the best all-around performers in all of wrestling today Yes. Yeah, I thought that and was they showed it. very good. Um, I that was good. Yeah, let's sort of run down the card. Uh, we don't have to go through all the cards, just the big things that happen. Again, I think uh, the only thing on Raw to be excited about, well, there's two, two things on Raw to be excited about nowadays, and one of them is, the, of course, the RK Bro. I think they went over. They got a huge pop in the in the building. They got a, you know, uh, when, when they went over, and they, I think it was a good decision to have them start the show. Uh, you know, again, get the crowd what they want and get the baby face uh, cheered. Um, the next Monday night on Raw, they built the whole show around like your bow. We got a rematch on Raw that made total sense. Like, if you are going to have rematches, hey, real loss to AJ Styles without Randy in this corner. Hey, real beat AJ Styles with Randy in this corner. Makes sense. There's some character development. Boom, boom, boom. Everything we want to see. Uh, number two, another thing I'm very happy is to see Damian Priest, the guy who, who I was worried about there for a minute. I thought, you know, they kind of uh, you know, used them to get Bad Bunny on WrestleMania and then forgot about him. Um, he's he's He won the US title in what I thought was a really good and underrated match on SummerSlam. Really, really, again, Sheamus keeps knocking it out of the park on his latest run. 
Um, and I thought that, you know, the, the cheers he's been getting in front of live crowds when he stepped to Bobby Lashley were very loud and audible. I think I still think he's a little rough on the promo, but man, again, he's still, he's, it doesn't seem to matter right now. Um, maybe just, you know, the excitement of seeing somebody new in a main event uh, is the crowd is, is firmly behind him. And I think he just knocked it out of the park again, had a great triple threat with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre on Raw, one of the best televised matches. Um, I would say on WWE television. Um, so again, so so it's good to see at least some, you know, the 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 newer stars getting pushed and not being forgotten about on uh, on Raw side. As it relates to Priest, you have to create new stars. You have to build new stars, and this is a concept that I think subconsciously it would appear Vince still remembers. Um, but you know, in terms of how they sort of ap- apply this. It struggles at times. Um, Karrion Cross right now being a perfect example of how you fumble a slam dunk, you know, of how you just sort of how you take everything away from this thing that sort of made it good. Because in WWE presentation matters a lot. Um, you know, if you took Triple H's entrance away from him, he wouldn't be nearly as cool. That's just a fact. I mean, that's just what it is. So um, it, you can hamper a talent in many ways. And the, the concerns about Damian Priest were totally justified because we understood, OK, this guy appears to check all your boxes. He looks good. He's tall. He's got he's he, he can he can move. He can work in the ring. He's a good looking cat. You guys are desperate to fill that Latin demographic that you haven't been able to sufficiently fill since Eddie Guerrero. I know y'all been looking for that, but y'all keep on fumbling it somehow. You'll give someone the thing and then you'll take it away from them that, that, you know, you've had examples of other Latin stars or Mexican stars that have been amazing. And then it's like, okay, well, you're just diminishing them. And then you sit there and say, well, we want to create Mexican or Latin stars. Uh, But you have that right here in him. Uh, He's natural. And I think that's why with the promos, it might be a little rough, but I don't care. I really, I could really give two shits because he can put sentences together. He knows how to talk, and he's so naturally charismatic and has such a powerful, distinct voice, it makes people respond. So he can be a little rough, and I wouldn't even say rough. It's just that like it's just not his most comfortable thing yet. The more reps you get with that, the better you'll be. Seth Rollins was a terrible promo for a very long time, and he was champion. And he was very, very unimpressive, but he could put sentences together and you can be coached into them becoming someone who can actually talk. So um, he's just been he's steadily been getting over. He was in Oklahoma City on Monday night and they was cheering him. <laughs> OK, I, was I never city. thought this the day I see Oklahoma City cheer a Puerto Rican from New York. Yeah, it, so it, 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 made it, me, it made me really happy. And so, and you got to give, I mean, like the triple threat match, that's easily one of the best matches WWE's had on their television and their basic television in a long time, um, which was really cool. He beats Drew, who's their top babyface, who Drew is over like Rover and he gets loud pops. All right. So they did that. That was the right call of Damian winning. It's, it shows their faith in him and that Drew's like, yeah, I'll eat that. And then Drew gives him the handshake certifying dude. So dude just has to continue on that course. And as a result, right now, the United States title continues to look better with it because they've had a string of good champions. Um, and yes, to your point, Sheamus in this current run, even though he's he's never been older, he's doing his best in-ring work. Uh, this is the best that he is at, is at right now. And that's tremendous. Yeah, I uh, do not have much to add to that. Uh Let's go on over on some stuff on SummerSlam that people were either divided about. Uh, yeah, I say divided about both those things. Let's talk about first. But I think I personally thought was actually really well booked, and I'm enjoying the story so far. Uh, I totally get why people don't like it. To be quite honest, I maybe wish it was starring somebody else. But uh, we had uh, Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. 
I enjoy the story told. The story told, yeah. Bobby Lashley runs into someone who uh, matches him. Yep. He has to cheat to win, and he puts him out of commission for as long yep. as possible. They threw in Goldberg's son to gain, give extra sympathy to for the babyface, completely unnecessary. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I thought it was booked real well. I thought it was Goldberg's best match in a very long time. I enjoyed watching it. The crowd reaction did not kind of shit all over it. Uh, they were not with it. They very much like Aleister Black uh, and uh, and his um, attack on on Brock and uh, and Arn Anderson. Uh, it was supposed to gain sympathy for the baby faces. Instead, the crowd cheered for the heel. Yeah, um, well, Bill Goldberg is not a sympathetic figure at all. That's the, that's the thing that WWE fails to realize is that kind of like you can bring him in for the pop, but no one wants to see him there. I agree with you 100%. I didn't mind the match. I thought the match was perfect because Bobby's still a heel and he can be their most dominant champion on that brand and all that other stuff. But it's like, okay, but here's another, but Goldberg works in five minute increments, but those five minutes is going to be hell on earth. That's how they booked him for years now. And that's totally fine, especially when he can't do much in the ring. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing that, 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 they ran into was that you're you're putting that story on Goldberg. And again, this is why going back to the previous point, you have to create new stars. You you can't be so obsessed with creating a stronger brand that you forget to create new stars, which is something that they've done a lot of. And it's it's hurting them right now because like on this moment, they're looking at Goldberg like he's almost like WCW's Bruno San Martino, right? Which is ridiculous. But when Bruno would come back in the 80s and he would fight Piper and he would fight Macho Man, these ascending heels you know, he would get sympathy and, he, and his son would be used as a catalyst because his son was also a wrestler. So and they're, they're, they literally just tried to run that, run that same angle, but no one feels sympathetic towards Goldberg. Everyone understands why he's there. So it was just put on the wrong person. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree. They could have, they could have done the same story with a recently released Braun Strowman. Yep. Uh, you run into somebody who matches your power. You yep. could have, you could have waited to bring back Keith Lee. You brought back yes. Keith Lee to squash him instead. You could have used him in that role and, and, and made the new star. And imagine, and imagine had they allowed Keith Lee to talk about his, his issue. We are in a pandemic. Imagine had they said, bro, tell your story right now. Tell your story right. It's a very, and I can understand their concern because like, we don't want you to die. That doesn't look good for us. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but he was getting out of it. It's like, no, tell, let the man tell a story that gains sympathy, that gains sympathy. And the minute that you bring him back, you put a rocket up his ass because everyone remembers it's Keith Lee and Keith Lee. Just, he just beat COVID. He just beat COVID. You tell that story, you will, especially as things are getting better with him. You know what I'm saying? You allow him to tell that story. He comes back, put a rocket up his ass. He's fighting for the WWE title at SummerSlam. He's actually got support. He's actually got people behind him. And then you tell that story. That only makes Keith Lee a bigger babyface. And guess what? Bobby won, but Bobby didn't beat him. Bobby didn't tap him. He didn't spear him. Mm -hmm. You can do more with that. But again, no, he couldn't beat him. That's the point. He couldn't exactly, beat him without involvement you, of MVP. Right. Exactly. Point. So now you just told a great story. You just told a great story with the wrong guy. <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Although, for, for the purpose of being fair, even though I, I agree with you 100%, I do see why WWE may be in a weird position because every time for the past two weeks that Bobby Lash has been coming out, there have been Goldberg chants in the crowd. I mean, sure. let's acknowledge that. Um, sure. And now here's the point of the show where I, you're not going to do it. Here's what should happen. This is the point where I should be able to say I was right and you were wrong and you acknowledge me as somebody who was right. What's uh -huh. going to happen is you will argue with me because acknowledging that you are wrong and somebody else is right is not in your nature. Okay. So now, without further ado, Becky Lynch returned on SummerSlam mm -hmm. to huge ovation, huge pop. Mm -hmm. um, she 
again, this was at the point where uh, Bianca Belair was supposed to face Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was not medically cleared to participate. All comes Carmella. She will look like we're about to have Carmella versus Bianca Belair. In comes uh, Becky Lynch, gets a huge pop. Uh, supposedly, the, the from people who were there, the biggest pop of the night, even bigger than the return of Brock Lesnar. Um, we are, look like we're about to have Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. We do get it. The match is over in 26 seconds. They shake their hand. Uh, Becky Lynch extends her hand to Bianca. She, as they're shaking hands, uh, Becky sucker punches her, or rather gives her like a sucker forearm, elbow to the face. Uh, manhandle slam, one, two, three. We have a new We Must Champion. A lot of the internet was furious about it. People were angry. People said, oh, wow, they're burying Bianca. How could they do that to her? I said, hold on. Let's wait. They protected her. She has plenty of excuses for why she got caught up. One, she is a rookie, still young, still, you know, first, you know, time to step with her. Two, she had three different opponents within a matter of a minute. Uh, and three, Becky kind of cheap shot at her. She, she returned as a baby face, did some heelish tactics to win the title. Let's see what happens on SmackDown. What has happened on SmackDown? Becky Lynch comes out, gets a pop. Bianca Belair comes out, gets a bigger pop. Bianca Belair beats four other women, makes sure that she looks strong, to get a rematch with Becky Lynch at Extreme Rules. And I can guarantee you over the next month, Becky Lynch is going to be more and more and more obviously heel. I think it's good to reestablish Becky Lynch because, again, let's not forget, she was always kind of like an anti-hero. She was the female Stone Cold Steve Austin. She left WWE with a completely different person, say, hey, I'm becoming a mother, completely kind of out of character promo. You need to establish her as this badass, as a female Stone Cold Steve Austin, maybe even more heelish than before. But for the first month, you still want to sell those shirts. So I get the slow burning on the heel turn. For Bianca, listen, this if you look at Google Trends, She's never been more popular than she was on SummerSlam. This has like been her biggest exposure. This is about to be her money feud. She is still going to look strong. She is going to look great. I was right. You were one of the people who freaked out, who said that she got buried. Don't be, you're no, you're being, you're being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful. I didn't freak out. I just said this is just poor planning due to a lack in the people like you who are like, no, you guys are being short-sighted. I'm not. And again, here's why I stick to this position. You can do all of that. Uh, without sack of shitting her in the middle of the ring, right? Especially when she's going to go forward as your top baby face. All right. So all she does is take a shot to the face and a rock bottom manhandle. Fuck out of here. She took a rock bottom and yeah. she's and she and she's she's out. All of a sudden she's just been she can do nothing else. But she's your top baby face. All right. Now historically, when you want to tell that story, you have to give the baby face an out. They did not give her sufficient outs. I'm sorry. She had just faced, she was about to face three different. No, that's not it at all. It's a very easy story to tell. They got almost all of it right. But when you sack of shit someone like that in the middle of the ring, what are you telling the audience then going forward? What are you telling the audience and how are you telling them to perceive this person going forward? I have no issue with Bianca Belair losing. I have no issue with Becky Lynch turning heel. I don't care about that shit. It's about, look, and this is the thing that we talked about in the weeks leading up to this, how they do an excellent, excellent job of not building up certain women as like, yo, that's, that's your big time baby face. That's the person right there. That's that one. You would never do that to a John Cena during his prime and in his run. You just wouldn't think to do it. When you do screw John Cena, how you screw him is after he's beaten five other people at once, gone through hell, 
retain the title, and then you send out Edge, or then you send out Batista, right? That that's how you do that. And so again, it didn't work because people hated it. So, and what I'm saying is now what you're doing is you're psychic. No, just cheat, cheat and give yourself a plausible out and excuse of the cheating. You can still do that slow burn. Austin would cheat all the time as a baby face and still get away with it. Becky Lynch is that over that she can do it and then be just the same. But when you sack of shit someone in the ring, especially when they are ascending, the woman just won an Emmy or an SP rather. Like, you know, stay, she's over like Rover. And we did talk about this. I did say, hey, that's someone you could build around and make a lot of money off of for the time that you have them before they choose to go do something else, much like a Sasha Banks could potentially do should she choose to. Also, for storyline purposes, it just makes Sasha Banks look weak, weirdly. Um, but that's beyond the point. You can, st- I'm not sitting here saying, oh no, she won't get it. No, no, it's about historically. Yo, what, what are we going to do next? Okay. When you sack of shit someone in the ring, historically, especially within the women division, but that's supposed to be your big baby face, things change rather quickly. They have not done a good job of protecting their baby face uh, champions that could be a lot in that division. You didn't give her a plausible out. You just didn't. Now you could, you could rectify that. You could retroactively try to give her. Uh, and out at extreme rules but that's an extreme rules pay-per-view where apparently there are no goddamn rules so if becky retains and even if she cheats to win does it really matter when the pay-per-view is like yeah every match is unorthodox and different and whatever i was like it's like nah man you're, you're so again it's one of those things where can they recover from this if you book her appropriately potentially but i don't trust the way in which you book your women on top, especially when they're supposed to be your transcendent babyface. And I'm sorry, history defends me. History upholds this position. So you can beat her. You can beat her in the middle of the ring. Just don't beat her like that. You can actually do that. But when you beat her like that, you're telling me how we should proceed, perceive her. And what you're saying to me that she can't last 15 seconds in the ring with Becky Lynch, even if you turn Becky Lynch heel. So as far as what they've done since. I agree, you know, they, 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 I think they've been booking it perfectly. I think they 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 told exactly as I said they would. They but, say, hey, go ahead. But a lot of but a lot of people could see it going that way. I was like, okay, cool. You have two choices. No, have, no, no. A lot of people you either, that you either like, have to you either, you either, well, okay, let me say this. I saw it this way. You have to turn her or you have to turn her. You gotta turn Bianca or you gotta turn Becky. It's like that's those are the options that you have if you're gonna do something like that. Cause can't nobody stay babyface. But I did say it would make no sense to turn Bianca because why would you just turn her? But if you turn Becky, all that means to me is that when they're both good or when they're one's bad, that one who's bad can still beat her in 15 seconds. Beat her in 15 seconds. Don't beat her clean in 15 seconds, for fuck's sakes. Especially when she's supposed to go on and then be your top babyface, and I'm supposed to believe she can hang with this little Irish woman. You know what? That's fair. I don't even hate that. I don't even hate anything you said. I, I Again, I just think that the reaction from you, the internet, and yourself was a lot more than just, oh, wow, this is not the ideal way of beating her. No, the my, reaction my, my, was, no. wow, they're going to, they, they completely fumble her. Everything they did before was for nothing. They completely messed up the character. And I'm like, it's it's going to be, I, I can promise you, by the end of the program with Becky Lynch, she's going to be more over than she was before. But I, but here's what I'll say. And like what I was saying is this is just not how you do that. However, you're choosing to get there and you want that person. Okay. To be so, 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 so same thing. Same thing happens. But Carmella, before she leaves, she hits over the chair. Easy. That's Easy. it. And then, and then it's better. Or, or, or attacks her afterward or like being like, okay, boom, like uh, Carmella attacks her. Becky takes it. 
Becky yeah, takes right. it as opposed to as opposed to running her off. Becky takes it. Or, you know, we do a small package, John, and I, well, I, I somehow get on top of you. And then I got a little bit of the tights and did. And then Bianca's like, yo, I was down to do it. But what's up with you grabbing my tights? And she's like, oh, no, I mean, I'm a little rusty. Da-da-da. Like all these potential things and stories that you can tell. But you're sack of shit at her in the middle of the ring. And I'll say this. Ooh, at least Rhea Ripley got 14 minutes before she had to tap out. At least Oscar got 11 minutes before she had to tap out. That, and, those and, are different. Uh, I, I, don't, no, I won't even dignify no, this. Like, you no, think no, you're making no, a good point should, right no, now, you but you're really not. You don't, you don't want really to dignify history, which is a very no, interesting No, no, it's not history. history. It's not history. So, what you mentioned so, is not history. Because, it because is. no, 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 I got to interrupt. I got to interrupt you, bro. Because Oscar and... You've been doing that a lot, so you can do it again. and Rhea Ripley... They're not, they were not nearly as positioned in the same position that Bianca Belair was. They were, they were, neither one of them were champions, I believe, at that point. Or, well, Rhea Ripley was she was next to champion. They weren't champions on the main roster. They weren't being featured on all the billboards, on all the platforms, on all the commercials. They clearly, again, they, they, they did not have a rocket strapped to them the way Bianca Belair has now, which is what I'm saying. Comparing one to the other is insane. The, she's already kind of there. They already put a lot into her. She is going to be one of the women they built the vision around. Well, and, and this is not going to stop her. This is going to propel her even further. Whereas, I, and I completely agree with you, with what they did to Rhea Ripley and to Oscar was hold the momentum before they got to the top, before they got to the place where Bianca Belair already is. And I think that, to me, is a, is a huge difference between the two. Yeah, I would just disagree. Um, because the fact of the matter is, is that like they, it's not even so much that they, you know, they put her there. They did push her in the right direction. But she did a lot of that. That ESPY didn't come out of nowhere. No one else wrestled that match to get her that ESPY. It was only two women in the ring to make that ESPY sort of happen. So the rocket was already strapped to her based on a lot of factors that were just distinctive to Bianca Belair. She's naturally very likable. She's naturally over. She is a freak athlete, very, very skilled, gorgeous, all those things, and then could do the job and do the work. So it wasn't them just sort of putting that on her. Sure, they put her in the positions to do that, and then she over-excelled and overachieved in, in every respect. Uh, and then they chose to do that to her, right? Like, okay, so and that's yeah, what, and, so, and so if, if you don't think that's ideal, that's fine. I agree with you. Maybe that's not ideal, but I think overall... And I there's no... And there's, and, and there's no guarantee that they are going to find a way and have the sense to be like, yeah, we're going to get this right going forward. I mean, I would certainly hope that they do, but, you know, you've kind of, you 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 knocked her down a peg in terms of how people are going to view this thing in the ring. Because what, what am I, what am I, what am I, what am I supposed, like I said, what am I supposed to do? Think that this physical phenom can last, you know, 15 seconds against this Irish woman one-on-one? I don't think so. I've already seen something different. I think she can. I think she can, and she will. And she will. And that will. That will. I. I like it. I like the fact that they gave you the tease. You know, I like it. I think you can do that. You can tease a match. Hey, let's blow the roof of this joint. Crowd goes. All right, go. You have to wait for the next pay per view to see that. I. This was very old school booking that me and you both fans of. Again, I thought overall this was. They would. That's not old school well booking. Done. They wouldn't have presented it that way. That's not. They wouldn't have presented it that way at all. Again, as far as maybe they could have, again, could have hurt her a little bit more and cheated a little bit more to kind of drive that point that, you know, she didn't lose the Conquer legitly. Uh, but again, but I think now, I think that's more nitpicking rather than saying the whole thing was bad. That's all. 
No, no, I was. And again, here's what I would say. I've been very consistent in this. People think, okay, where you thought, oh, you're, you're not. I wasn't nitpicking. I said, I have very clear reasons as to why I feel this way. And I can, I can, I don't got to yell on Twitter to make them. I can be very succinct. I can be incredibly clear to the point that you're like, okay, I can't even argue against that. It's like, yes, because I have a general understanding of how it's better, how to better present whatever they're trying to present right now. Which Fair I enough. think they I think they think, oh, you know what we're trying to do. I'm like, yeah, but you just don't do it like that. I again, I think it's I think I think they've done a, a good thing here. And uh, I think it's just some um, again, not perfect, but I think this is overall good for both women involved. Um, one, uh, let's I think did you, anything else you want to say about SummerSlam? I think we kind of went through all the, the important bits and pieces of it. Uh, I mean, you know, Charlotte champion again. So, oh, yeah, right, right, right. I don't even care about that. You want to talk, let's talk about Monday night. That was that was the thing that happened. Oh, wait, yeah, when Charlotte found out she was not the best in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that was. But man, Charlotte realized very quickly. Oh, I can't do nothing against this woman. Um, and hey, guess what? Maybe they're working us. Maybe they're working us, and that's totally fine. I don't mind being worked if it's taking me to a good place. But uh, I saw a clear breakdown in communication and cooperation, and then Naya said it's over and charlotte said huh and then that was it i think no i think uh charlotte got frustrated from what i saw and again this is complete interpretation based on nothing except for you know from what we saw in front of our eyes i think naya has heard charlotte a few times in the match some stuff looked a little rougher than it was supposed to charlotte was supposed to go for a pin and i just rolled out and Charlotte, you know, got angry with her as, a, as a, you know, as somebody who, you know, got her before, slapped her a couple of times and said, do you want to do this? She said, I want to do this. And then, as you said, Charlotte found out she did not want to do this. You don't uh, never ask a Samoan if you want to do this. Don't ever. That's just, that's just like, do you want to be like, uh, don't don't ask. Do you want to do this? Ask. Can we talk about this? Like, that's what you that's <laughs> correct. She was like, you want to do this? Video? Huh? If, if this is a feud now, this is now I'm very invested in this feud, much more so than I would have thought I'd be invested in Nia Jax versus Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, sure, because because, again, there are people like I'm just not a fan of seeing Charlotte ever in the ring. Um, that's just me. And people can sit there and say what they want to it. I, she's a great athlete. She's a great athlete. Some of the stuff she does looks really good. Some of it looks really bad. Um, and I'm, I just don't buy it. I just don't. And that's mine. And that's fine. Oh, you say, yeah, sure. Whatever. I stand on everything I say. Uh, but that would be a more compelling view because it's, it, you have to demystify this thing that she's just better than everyone that, that, that she can overcome anything. And it's like, based on what, <laughs> like, based on what is she the, like, it's like, no, okay, cool. Whatever you did. Like when you had a real top person who was that, you know, you couldn't do that. Let's go from talking about, uh, a fight that was uh, that you couldn't tell whether or not it was real or not to another fight that you couldn't tell if it was real or not. Also, definitely, easily, the best match of the weekend. Uh, maybe the best match of the year. Maybe the best match of all time. Probably not, but hey, maybe it is. Ilya Dragunov, my my guy, my Russian comrade, has beaten Walter, the, uncon- the unconquerable mountain of a man. One of the few men, I would say, Maybe as talented as Brock Lesnar in the ring, um, in a just uh, instant classic, a match. I I did not I did not feel like it was twenty two minutes. It felt like it was an hour based on everything that happened, and also felt like it was two minutes based on the intensity and how fast it went by. Um, just again, an incredible match which deserves all the 
uh, superlatives he has gotten and will continue to get years from now. Um, Satoya, what did you uh, what did you think of Walter versus Ilya Dragunov? Loved it. It's I think it's the best match that WWE has put on this year. I don't think it's the best match of the year. I would still give White Ibushi over over this. Um, but uh, but again, that's not a knock on the match. It's not you know. I thought it was excellent. I think Walter do put him anywhere i mean this company would be morons and buffoons to not use him on top in any respect whether it be an nxt um you know whether it be on smackdown whether it be on i mean there's no i mean again especially like top heels like i love bobby he's the best he's ever been roman's the best he's ever been i don't think either one of these guys holds a candle to volter in the ranch don't I, you in can't the ring, no. in the ring no um, and also just in terms of pre- presentation, because his presentation is incredibly simple and it's incredibly effective. Um, so 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 there is that uh, loved it. Thought it was tremendous. I think uh, Ilya's great. Uh, he's fantastic as well. It was it was one of those situations where it was just it was pro wrestling and it was very, very good. You will not see that anywhere else on the WWE programming I don't think you could have even you couldn't see that on Raw or SmackDown. That's just the the, the sad, real truth of it. And uh, it was great. I thought it was great. That's how you properly dethrone a dominant champion. I mean, that is like really making sure you can do everything to legitimize Ilya, especially with just that ending, which was so vicious and so brutal. And what's it like to to break a man, which is what Ilya had to do uh, to sort of dethrone uh, the ring general, Volter, loved it. Again, I don't know if you remember, a few weeks ago I said that watching Roddy versus uh, Ilya reminded me of watching Kurt uh, Angle versus Chris Benoit. I think I feel justified was, in saying that yeah, because yeah. the intensity and just everything that Ilya has. And man, I don't know if we'll ever see Walter on top. Quite frankly, I think the rumors are that he just doesn't want to move to the United States mm-hmm. from uh, Austria. And quite frankly, I cannot blame him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ilya Dragunov, he's only 27 years old. I have yet mm-hmm. to hear similar rumors about him. Boy, oh boy, that guy can absolutely be your top baby face right now. There's just, as far as, I know he's a little rough on the mic too. Uh, a Russian accent is just not great for the baby faces. Uh, learned that the hard way uh, as a comedy uh, career. But it, he, I'm telling you, man, there's just nobody, I think, honestly, who works baby face better right now than Ilya Jagannath. And I, and I do mean nobody in the, all of the world. I the, 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 Nobody shows the, the amount of pain and then, and that, that he does and, and how he fights through that pain is just fascinating. Not to mention, I just love his offense and everything that he brings to the table. Um, yes. I think Walter, we've talked about this, his perfect opponent. This is as close as I will come to my dream match, probably, of Walter versus Cody Ibushi, because Ibushi is maybe the only other guy who I prefer as a baby face in the world to Ilya Dragunov, which is the highest of high comp. Yeah, he's got he's got that natural Ilya's got that natural baby face <laughs> style where he doesn't have to do a whole lot. But it's, he, Ilya does what everyone thought Johnny Gargano did when Johnny was a baby face. I'm just going to put it to you like that. Right. And and if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Johnny did the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, Ilya does the diff. He does little different things all the time. It's like watching old clips of Ricky Morton or Ricky Steamboat um, to a lesser degree sting, um, but definitely a younger sting or, you know, or Tommy Rich when he was young or Bobby Eaton when he was young. They had different facial expressions. They took bumps. Every single bump was taken a different way because they were attacked in a different way. They could fight from underneath. Everything looked organic and natural. It was not contrived. Uh, So, yeah, 
I don't know what the future holds for either one of these men going forward. Volter does not want to come here. Do not blame Volter for that at all. Um, you know, uh, but but we'll see. But at least we they gave us uh, this moment. Hey, listen, of all the things I've seen this weekend, maybe maybe the highlight of my weekend was seeing Ilya Dragunov by his finger to take away the pain from the, the lower back while Walter had him in the submission. I mean, just a small thing. I don't think I've ever seen it before. And it's just, I mean, again, these two, you can run it back a million times and will not get all of it, uh, get tired of it. This is just, just an incredible pairing. Um, do you want to talk about the rest of the takeover? The rest of the takeover, I, it just can't measure up. I mean, what, it, what can it, you do? It, it cannot you put it right in the middle of a show. But we had we had we had tremendous we did have tremendous efforts. Uh, yeah. I thought L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes put on a hell of an opener that mm-hmm. really showcased both of them really well. Raquel Dominguez and Dakota Kai put on a, a really really good effort on fucking top of- hell underrated. Yeah. I am again, yeah. man. This is the, the the I don't know what happened, but a few months ago, as I mean as far back as a few months, people were talking about NXT Women's Division being one of the best divisions in the world. Yeah. Not much has changed. It's still there, and it's still being. They still put on amazing matches, but just no well, one wants to acknowledge it. It seems. Like. Well, it, well, I mean, that's partly NXT's or WWE's fault. They did gut a lot of the roster, which did take away a yeah, lot of the women. Though women, oh, I think oh, only. Oh, hold on, wait, hold, hold, wait, hold on, hold on. They they oh, got oh, up what they got up what Shotzi, and they called up Tony Storm. Yeah, we yeah. still haven't seen Tony Storm. We still okay. haven't seen Tony Storm. I mean, you just got and I like Tony Storm's amazing. But they took her away from NXT when she had so much more work to do to bring her up to SmackDown so she can do absolutely nothing at all. So that is that is partially that, that, that like we have to be fair in that regard. It's not it's not the audience being like, oh, you guys don't know. WWE is saying that and they are showing they're telling us how to perceive this brand right now. And that is a shame. I thought uh, Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross put on a good match, solid effort. It just was it just again, uh, Ilya and Walter should have gone last. That's all. Uh, but but it is good to see Joe back in the ring. It is good to see Joe three time uh, champion. I'd love to see Joe versus Walter or Joe versus Ilya. Uh, I, only thing that would make me worry is Joe's history of concussions because he's just older. So Joe and or Ilya and Walter might get to where Joe is uh, if they keep on working uh, in that way long enough. But thankfully, we don't work as much. They don't work as much as they used to. So there you go. Yeah, and I thought that the actually the main event scene at the uh, NXT is very interesting right now. I love the whole that just the entire promo of you know this is now uh, a jungle and you know uh, which which uh, Samoa Samoa Joe has cut Samoa Joe still one of the best promos in the world. Uh, and then it brought out brought out the, the the potential challengers and of course if we're going with Pete Dunne versus Samoa Joe then sign me right up, man. I, I would watch that match anytime. Hell, Kylo Riley is the other guy I would watch with Samoa Joe anytime as well. They work very similar, you know, MMA-inspired styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A. versus Samoa Joe, you might have to sell me on this, but at least the promos are going to be amazing. Um, well, yeah, and they're comparable in size, and, and L.A. Knight has shown that he's very versatile. He can do a lot. I mean, people forget he's been around a lot. He just time. had his best match. I think, is this his best? I mean, I haven't It's his best all NXT of him, match. but this might be one of his best matches. It's his best NXT match. But that's not really saying a lot. That means that all that means is that the story, it was a blow off match. Yes. And the story necessitated it be that way. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't give him he L.A. Knight is a worker in that he's not going to give you everything he's got first match, especially if he's got a build to a no, story. Sure you. Yeah. You know, he's he's been around a while. I again, I've only seen him before on uh, on NWA Power, and I thought that was better than uh, than anything I've seen from him, at least sure. between NWA Power and NXT. Sure. Um 
anything else to say about takeover or, or nxt oh general? yeah uh, i mean guys... i mean uh kyle o'reilly beat adam cole two out of three i thought it was solid fine i thought it was solid too i i, I thought it, it disappointed you know, me a little bit to be honest with you i expected i expected it to be better than what it was it wasn't didn't feel like it, the the outcome kind of justified the stipulation if you want what happens when you put when when you have when you put adam cole in a thing or is it going to be amazing and it just winds up being an adam cole match so uh there's that uh we'll see what happens from there I'm very excited to see what happens for Kyle going forward. I really hope Adam Cole re-signs with WWE. Uh, please, for the love of God, thank you. I, I think he's going to AEW, but we shall we shall see indeed. Uh, oh, one, I want to do one match. I just I just really enjoyed the match. I thought it was a really really cool match uh, between uh, Legado de Fantasma versus uh, the Hero. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought that was a really really fun trios war that they got engaged in. I don't think it's that feud is finished. I think um, the guy de Fantasma got a win, which is good. I think they knew the one that's been a while since they won a meaningful match. Uh, but Heroic still looks good enough. I mean, they, at least they still hold the title and they were going to get a, a loss eventually. And this one came off a distraction. So uh, just excited to see where they go with it. I, but like I said, I just thought it was an excellent main event on uh, on NXT this last week. Um, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do tonight as well as we are recording this on Tuesday. Uh, so WA Empower had, yes. uh, had a special, uh, the, the biggest all female pay per view since WWE's evolution, uh, happened all the way back in what was it now, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was, it was a, it was a good pay per view with a couple of excellent matches, first mm-hmm. of which was Melina versus uh, Diana Perso for the knockouts, uh, women's championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent match. Uh, shout outs to Melina going in there and, and really showing that she can go. I mean, Diana Pedraza, like, uh, you know, I'll always, I'll always be like WWE, you know, they didn't see anything in her. And I think that they were time has proven that they were incorrect in that, or at least did not see enough in her to sort of go forward with her. I thought they put on an excellent match, um, that, and it really gets to showcase sort of what Diana's about as a professional wrestler. And I think that she's really distinguishing herself, obviously, uh, she is sort of the belt collector now uh, within, you know, wrestling outside of, of WWE in the women's division. So I thought that was very, very good. I thought Layla Hirsch and Camille had respectively their best matches, <laughs> their two best matches. Uh, Layla Hirsch, definitely. Uh, Layla is so talented. Like she's only going to get better. Like only, only going yeah, to get I did better. not realize how good she was, man. I yeah. am very impressed by her. I've seen obviously her matches on a, on a AEW television before and none of them blew mm-hmm. me away. I was like, oh, I get it. She's kind of like a young athlete. You know, she's like starting out in wrestling from like a legit background. And no, she carries up very, very much like a veteran in that match. I thought it was excellent. Best match on the card from, for in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. We also have new, uh, you know, NWA women's world tag team champions. And the women's world tag team title has been brought back, hasn't been used since the 80s. And Allison Kay, former NWA women's world champion, and uh, Marty Bell, known as the Hex, um, they won the title. So now the NWA women's world uh, tag team titles are back in full effect, which I think is very, very cool to see what they got going forward. Allison Kay, like tremendous all around wrestler, in ring veteran, very young still. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Also, it was good to see Red Velvet. Uh, who was in the finals with, uh, you know, fighting against her. Red Velvet's gotten so much better. And I just think that she's got a tremendous upside as well. We also did have 
uh, NWA 73, their 73rd anniversary show. Now, this is the show that I really thought had uh, the, the implications and results that actually matter sort of a lot more in terms of how you frame professional wrestling and who is working on top. Now, we did have the world tag team titles changing hands um that i did not foresee coming uh la rebellion which is bestia 6 666 and mecca wolf uh 450 de defeating aaron stevens formerly damian sandow or damian mizdow and jr kratos so you have new nwa world tag team champions the big one here is trevor murdoch defeating nick aldis for the nwa world's heavyweight wrestling championship this was a career versus uh title match and uh, now Trevor Murdoch is your new uh, NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, defeating Nick Aldis, a man who held the NWA title for 1,043 days. Um, so I think what's important about this reign is we have to put it in context. 1,043 days is incredibly impressive, almost three years, virtually three years, about a month and a half shy from three years as, as the reigning world's champion, especially when you factor in the fact that he won it back against Cody. He was carrying it, successfully defending it. Pandemic happened. Of all the world's champions, um, the NWA's world's champion was the first one to sort of immediately get back out there and respond, not so much with pro like wrestling matches and things like that, but showing the, the audience, hey, we're still here, we're still alive. We're still doing things. And unlike other promotions, Ring of Honor, AEW, uh, WWE, uh, and the like, New Japan, NWA is basically run and owned and operated by one man, William Corgan. None of these other uh, uh, organizations have that uh, distinction or issue, however you want to look at it. So it's mostly him and his money that's going into the, does he have partnerships? You, yeah, sure. But it's mostly him footing the bill and him making those things happen. When it's sort of a singular entity that is running a show, it is so incumbent that you have the right person holding the title because every time you run a show, it actually does matter who's going last. It actually does matter who's, especially for the NWA, a promotion that with as much prestige as it's had, had taken a lot of hits, especially in the 90s, especially from 88, like on, like for a while, it's just been taking a lot of hits. So him being champion really, really mattered. Um, when he was first champion, it mattered because the gates went up appropriately. When he did the business with Cody, it mattered because it only brought NWA's profile up. When he won the title back in that two out of three falls match, that was excellent. It mattered tremendously in every de defense that he had since then. Power was under him. So all of these things were with Nick Aldis as champion. And they could bank on, if we have Nick Aldis as champion, our numbers will be this or could potentially exceed this because he's our guy and he's helping getting us to where we need to be. I don't think any other uh, champion in pro wrestling has that uh, pressure <laughs> currently, especially since the NWA compar in comparison to all the other uh, promotions is so much smaller, right? So uh, shout out to Nick Aldis for holding the title for that long is trevor murdoch going to be a long time champion i don't know but man nick aldis definitely gave us uh one of the more important runs as world champion in professional wrestling in our lifetime i believe yeah no i do not disagree with you at all uh combined 1309 days as champion over his two title reigns uh he has surpassed gene kiniski mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. as uh, the sixth longest NWA champion. He is just behind Dan Severin. And when I say just behind, I mean he's 250 days behind him. Uh, and, keep, and keep this in mind, Gene Kanitsky was like the guy who upended Luthez. Like this is like serious, you know, serious. You're in, you're in big company. When you're, Absolutely. When you're in no, and Nick Aldis, I know again, NWA right now is obviously not what NWA was back then, but nonetheless, um, Nick Aldis deserves all the props for carrying that that promotion on his back. Um, and I 100% agree with you. Nobody, not a single person in wrestling, I think, has the the entire promotion on his on his back the way uh, the way he has. Uh, we have to run. Uh, we've done almost an hour and a half. Uh, do you have a match of the week you want to give to the people this week, sir? You know what? I do have a match of the week, guys. I listen, I have, I love this. Is such a simple match. Uh, it and you can find it on YouTube under uh, Knights Classic. Um, that's the person's uh, uh, page, Knights Classic. The classic is spelled with a K, and it's Sting and the Diner Brothers versus Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, and Bobby Eaton. From October 3rd, 1992. This is such a fun yet simple six-man tag. The crowd is amazing. Uh, the, the real reason I bring this match out was because this is during the Dangerous Alliance period that Rude, Anderson, and, and, and Eaton were a part of. This match is incredibly simple. I just want you guys to see what the heels do because it's so little. They do so little, and it gets them so much. And Rick Rude was so good. Everyone played their role perfectly in that match. So that was my match. It's so it's like 14 minutes long, and it feels like it's three minutes. It's a lot of fun. Please, uh, Satoshi, send me the links because I want to see that match. I don't have anything for you guys. My battery's at five percent, so we really got <laughs> room. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a lot. It's, it's been a lot of wrestling. Enjoy it if you if you do watch something. Just make sure you watch Satoshi's match of the week. Uh, thank you. It's been good to be back. We'll be back eventually. Uh, love you, love you all. Enjoy <laughs> being wrestling. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yes. Have a great day. Satoshi, you want to say anything to people? Peace. Peace.